Welcome to Leading with Alex and Ari. We are a community where we can learn, lead, and grow together. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for listening to Leading with Alex and Ari. I'm so excited for this topic of why training is not development. And this is really Alex's forte, his main wheelhouse. So I'm going to be interviewing Alex today, which I'm very excited to hear. Um, So, Alex, thank you again for being here and allowing me to field you some questions here. So, going right into it, we always hear topics of training and development. They're always together. So, to start off, why is training not development, like as our title says? Sure. So, um, I think the best way to illustrate training and development is training is really kind of giving people tools. Okay. Um, and development is showing them that those tools can be used for more than just what they're intended for. Um, so, you know, there's examples of it, you know, all over, all over the place. Some people will learn a new language. Um, and you can train someone and you can teach someone to learn a new language, but you can't really, you can't really train them, um, in, in sort of a, a writing it out about how they can use that language to express emotion. Um, they, they, they'll just say the words or they'll just, they'll just read the book, but they won't understand what the book is saying. Um, and so development is really the other half of that. Um, you, I would definitely say that you can have training and development, but you can't have development without training. Okay. It does. So, Development is dependent on training, but training is independent of development. Exactly. Yeah. So in, in a lot of in a lot of situations where you know I've been I've been a core trainer for Disney for um, many years. I think it was more than five years. Um, I trained in several different departments. Um, I created you know training outlines and, and that sort of thing. But there was something that I found unique in all of my trainings. It didn't matter what department I was in. It didn't matter what topic I was teaching on. Um, It didn't matter if it was a new project rollout or something that we've been doing all along. It didn't matter if it was a new hire or an existing, someone that's been with the company for a long, long time. But one, one thing that was common is that I could give them the bullet points and let them know these are the steps to, or, or sequence of events for, in order for you to be successful in this position. And I can train them that. But, Truly developing was the next phase. So I'll give an example of when I was um, a concierge at a hotel. Um, I I was teaching a, a cast member, a, a new cast member, um, about the check-in process. And the way that we had structured structured it was, you know, you kind of tell them about that it's a story. You know, you you start at the top. You work to the bottom, you work left to right. You, you tell them about like the name on the reservation is this. I see that you're checking, uh, you're, you're, uh, checking in today, departing on such and such date. You book this type of room. Um, you have this many people staying in the room. I see you're celebrating this special occasion, but there were other parts of the training that were not mentioned. So I could have just done face value, just that. But on this particular day, we had a really long line. And I can tell my trainee was getting really kind of um, stressed, really anxious, 
in the operation, uh, she kept looking up at the line. And I can tell that the line was overwhelming her. And so the development side of this training was letting her know that the most important person is the one right in front of you. A line will always be a line. There's no other, there's no other reason for a line to be there other than to be weighted in. That's it. And your concern should not be the line. Your concern should be the one that's right in front of you because I assure you the next person that's in line, when they get to your desk, they're going to want to be the only person in the room. That's the part of development that needed to change that was not part of any training documentation that was not part of um, a sequence of events. I could have just told her this is these are the steps. But by giving someone the tools that they can now take from there, and it didn't matter if they went to a custodial position, if they went to an attractions position, if they went to um, Walmart and they were working as a as a cashier at Walmart, it, it didn't it didn't matter. That nugget of skill could be applied in any role, whereas the training that I was giving, the training was only useful right there in that position. I think you provided a great example. Real quick on mine, though, throwing in the Disney history, I mean, Cicely Rigdon proved the success of lines. Everyone mm-hmm. entering Disneyland went to her for that additional attention, right? She didn't do anything beyond what was expected. She did more, part of that Disney difference, and revolutionized from her going beyond just the training into development, right, how they're separate, mm-hmm. and revolutionize the industry, especially for Disney, and set the tone today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's a, gr- a great example there. Now, when we go into training, I'm going to dive a little deeper here. It sounds like training is kind of the, I checked the box, right? Did you, did you show up to work and clock in on time? Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Showing you a break room, check. Showing you this, check. Now, that development piece, I feel, comes on both sides, where it comes from the trainer and the trainee, right? Like, how much does the trainee want to gain from this experience? Mm-hmm. And how much does the trainer is willing to share? I think it yeah. goes both ways, right? Is that trainer willing to develop the training to that standpoint versus not, right? Because we can do training, right? Especially mm-hmm. now with COVID, we can do it online training and never be even face-to-face anymore. And now you're only getting that training. So with it, especially today, to kind of relate it to now of 2021, do you feel like training and development is more just training and less development, especially with more of the virtual-only platform, or are there development opportunities? There are definitely development opportunities, without a doubt. You know, But the thing is, is you hit it on the head when you said it kind of comes on both sides of it. In order for you know training, it, it can be the checkboxes if you let it be. And development has to come on both sides. You know, the trainee has to be just as open to the information as the trainer being willing to identify those areas when that development is needed. You know, when we get into interview set, settings, and, and I know this is right up your alley as a recruiter, that there's oftentimes that question. You know, when when a leader or someone that's that's um, being hired into a, a potential leadership title position um, is asked, how have you developed your peers or how have you developed um, the people around you? That's a key question to answer. 
And one of the things that I would encourage my cast members, my employees, uh, when I wasn't with Disney, was to kind of keep that. You had mentioned it before, but I called it a, a development box where just they jot down those times when they have invested in the lives of others and developed people. A lot of times it's just been that osmosis where you've been developed and you just pass it off to someone else. And these are skills that you learn. Um, but when we come into the interview setting, those are the key times when you share those moments where you say, um, there was a, there was an employee that I was, I was uh, supervising and I saw that, uh, they were kind of getting anxious in this area and I was able to kind of pull them to the side. I managed, I still managed my operation, but I was able to listen with intent to understand what was going on, what was causing the anxiety and kind of bringing them back to a level where they can still be the star performer that I know them as. Um, and that's the part of development that that people are wanting to feel from a leader. I can relate to that where being on both sides, right, facilitating at times and so forth, and I'm training things, but I love the people that are participating more, wanting more whether it's individually or as a group setting, it's huge. And it definitely goes a long way. And I love the separation here where training's one thing, development's there. Together it comes as a full package. And, yes, from the recruitment standpoint, when we say, oh, training and development experience or it's more the leadership experience or development experience, mention where you trained, but now where did you go that extra step? Mm-hmm. And to your point is now I develop so-and-so, Right. I have, whether you have five direct reports or 50 direct reports, you have to develop them. You can't just provide the annual trainings and check the box to them. What does that say for you as a leader, right? So I think it's just as much as being on the training side as the one giving this. We want to develop. I always want to see those around me develop where now I'm, I'm reporting to them. That to me is the win. The ultimate win is where there's someone that's reporting into me, and then within five years or less, I'm going to be reporting to them. So mm-hmm. what would you say is a key attribute, or in recruitment terms, knowledge, skills, and ability for being a great trainer slash trainee, and then as well, on development side, one to give development and or receive development? That's a great question. You know, I think what makes a great uh, trainer, I'll, I'll start there, What really what makes a great trainer is someone who's willing to be a great trainee because they have to be able to adapt in situations where they they recognize that even though they're the trainer, they can they too can be trained by the trainee. Um, there have been too many times when I've, as a core trainer, I've had trainers under me and I've recognized where their trainees, um, have felt like they were inferior in that training experience. And that's definitely not something that is, um, conducive to learning. And so we have to level ourselves down to that equal point. Um, where we can recognize, hey, we're, we're one and the same. We've been in those shoes. We've we've learned as well. We've struggled as well. Um, and I'm here to help you to to be successful in whatever way it might be, whether it's successful in this job or successful in your next job. I want to provide the tools for you to be able to to be successful in this job or or the next one. So um, when you're interviewing, 
and, and you're looking for a really rock star trainer, it's going to be someone who has been a great trainee. Um, as a, as a manager, you identify those as when you've given them feedback or opportunities for development, they've hit the ground running and taken that information and applied it. Those are going to be the ones that have a great uh, trainer style. Uh, thank you for that. That's huge. I, I'm taking notes here, so apologize for the slight delay <laughs> to follow up because I'm like, oh, this is great, great notes there. I'm sure our listeners as well. What is something, though, that you feel was your biggest aha moment? in this setting, right? And I love that term, aha, that kind of light bulb click. I'm like, oh my gosh. And really about where that was a trigger for your passion and, and wanting to be a subject matter expert in training and development as a cohesive unit and separating the both to make sure training is training, development is development. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, I'm sorry if uh, if it gets emotional in this section. Um, this is something that Ari doesn't even know about me. Um, but, but before I worked for Disney, I worked in an after-school program. And in the after-school program, I uh, primarily worked with at-risk youth. And when I first started in the program, I was kind of the, I guess, the perceived disciplinarian for the middle school students. These were these were kids who were part of known gang-affiliated families, known latchkey kids. Uh, a, a latchkey kid would be someone who after school, they'd go home and there would be no one home. So um, we call them latchkey because they're the purpose is that they'll go home and they'll be locked in their home until their parents are uh, arrive or their guardian arrives. Um, but I would say 90% of the time, uh, these students uh, do not have guardians that come home. They, they're they the guardian. And it sounds really weird because they're only in sixth grade, uh, but they go home and they cook dinner for their sibling who might be in first grade, second grade, third grade, um, and they make sure that their sibling does their homework. So as the perceived disciplinarian, basically I was the guy that there was, there'd be a kid acting up in class and um, they would say, Hey, do you want Mr. G to come talk to you? They'd be like, no, no, it's fine. Most of the time they didn't want me to come talk to them because I'd give them this really long dad conversation but where the epiphany started was when I started hearing about all of my students who were latchkey kids and they did not have a guardian and they perceived me as that father figure. And it really kind of hit home for me that we as individuals, without even knowing it, we make impacts on people's lives more than what we even anticipate. And so for me, I really wanted to find a place where I can be that legacy for people and, and not to be a martyr, but I really wanted to be able to give people the tools and resources that I was given um, or that I didn't have and I had to figure out on my own because I didn't like struggling and I don't like seeing other people struggle. And I feel like knowledge shouldn't be hoarded. It should be given out freely to those who want to seek it. Um, so that's what really gave me a passion for training because it puts me in that circle of constantly learning and being in front of people who want to learn as well. Thank you for opening up and sharing that story. What I gain most from that story is it's all about personal, right? Your passion's personal. And mm -hmm. as leaders, to your point, we never know our impact sometimes so after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be something so little or so grand, but being able to have that impact and know it's going to be different for everyone, 
right? This was your story and it was fantastic. And I'm glad you went through that and able to be that mentor, that father figure, that adult figure for these children. Because that made you the man you are today. And, you know, we're great friends, so I'm going to share. I'm, I'm thankful you went through that because I'm glad that you're my friend. And it's from those experiences and that we continue to want to grow. We continue to train and develop. It's hard to follow up from that, but I, I got to ask here, what would you say for our audience as we're wrapping up here is what what's the golden nugget here, especially when training is not development? Now, back to the root of our title, what would you be, you say, is the, the golden nugget or the one main takeaway you want for our audience? Yeah, the golden nugget is really understanding that separation. Uh, you know, I don't want I don't want someone to go into um, an interview confusing that when someone asks that question about, you know, share with me a time when you've developed people, that they give them a, a training scenario. The other thing, too, is I know that there's people probably in management positions um, that are listening who they've probably get, been given um, a, a checklist from their superior where it's whatever it might be. It might be um, talking points or it might be um, to instigate conversations uh, with their employees. And all they're doing is they're just checking the box and they're filling, they're, they're putting that into the file folder of training and they're not leveraging that opportunity for development. So they're going out into their area. They're having the conversation, but that's it. It's just a conversation, you know, cause dialogue, you're going to come away with those nuggets of wisdom. And that's where real development happens, and it happens on both sides. So that's what the nugget is for this podcast, is recognize that there is a difference, and when you see an opportunity for development, hit it head on and really drive in to get those golden nuggets out of it. Thank you for that, Alex. Thank you also for being vulnerable here uh, and allowing me the opportunity to ask you these questions, share your thoughts, your expertise, on training and how training is not development, separating the two. And, and that big golden nugget at the end is huge, especially from a recruitment background. I can't tell you how many times. And we're here to help you, so we'll we'll ask you sometimes a little bit differently that question, right, to really try and pull it out you, uh, for you. Um, and to put the Disney twist is tell us a story, right? We want to hear about a story and an opportunity mm-hmm. where you were able to develop that person, right, and be authentic, if you're more animated or, or whatever it can be, let that shine. And, and I know we're going to go into that in future episodes, so I'm so excited. But thank you again, Alex. Hope you loved our talk today and interview with Alex on why training is not development. Please, you know, subscribe, follow, like, and provide us your comments and feedback on future topics, things that we can do to improve to be better leaders to serve you. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. I'm Alex. I'm Ari. And we are leading with Alex and Ari. See you next week. Take care.